Israel Update for April 5th, 2020. I am Philip Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Dan Revick for you. And uh, this is the first week after April 1st. The uh, first show, I should say, after April 1st. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hate myself too much. Uh, okay, it's kind of interesting to see the, the gaming community as a reaction to this, because there were some people that just did, uh, you know, just fun little April 1st gags that weren't meant to be deceptive or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, those were fun little, you know, videos on the developers' YouTube channels or things like that. That was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but there were a couple, like, um, Crytek was... Tease, teasing a potential remaster for uh, Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, which and uh, then there was also uh, a Flipnote Studio, which was uh, teased as an April first uh, remaster of some of some sort. And the response to that was not exactly what I would have expected. It was more. It was more along the lines of, "Why are you teasing us with stuff that we want and you have no intention of ever giving us?" Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it seems like the tone of the the whole April first uh, thing has kind of changed. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm all for that, to be perfectly honest. Um, the less uh, the less stupid things that we have to deal with, the better. Mm. Yeah. Although, if if I'm honest, uh, an April first video that eventually turned into uh, fighting EX player. So, uh-huh. Yeah. But that wasn't that wasn't actually literally took on a life of its own. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a tech demo that they just happened to release on April first. It wasn't meant as a as an April Fool's gag. It's just they didn't think about the, the timing yeah. of when they put it out. Well, at the same time, they also had no intention at the time of turning it into a game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, the demand was ridiculous, and they turned it into a game. Yeah. Yep. So good marketing for them, at least. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's April first. Uh, if uh, if going forward we don't have to deal with as much bullshit, uh, then I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah. My uh, company had a different kind of bullshit. Like it was the first time we had a semi-organized April Fool's thing. Hmm. So what we did is um, last year um, I forgot during what week, but like uh, with all of our loot boxes, we had this one this one player. Uh, pretty much always show up for anybody and then there was also there's also a big chase so obviously you want to keep opening that box and uh all the salt that i saw on social media was like so bad it's like why are they always picking this guy if i if i draw this guy again i'm gonna i'm gonna quit blah 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 (laughs) so this year what we did was we made every bonus player and every chase a different version of that guy Hmm. and like um you would think that our social media would be all over and pretty pissed off at it but they, they were they were laughing so i was like okay this is different i'll take it yeah so, so we're uh things are changing let's just put it that way mm-hmm. yeah uh, so uh, let's keep on and go uh talk about what we've been playing and doing this week uh for me well still doing the pc building simulator uh, tetris effect and uh yeah, a little bit of retro gaming here and there uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, decided to uh, fire up an S emulator and play Metal Storm for a little while. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Uh, I forgot how brutally difficult that game was. 
It's like, yeah, it's got that weird mechanic where you can uh, flip yourself uh, from uh, from the floor to the ceiling. So, yep. yeah, and uh, some other games have, uh, have done that um, since then, but uh, I think that was one of the first that actually had that mechanic. So, yeah, it was a fun little game, and uh, yeah, I just noticed you can get that physically now as a as a repro from Retrobit. Got a you got a special edition. They had a really nice box set for it too. Yeah. So and I think it's still available. So if you want it, uh, yeah, you can pick it up. I think it's on Amazon and also on at uh, Castlevania Games. You can get it there. That's yeah. where I saw it. Yeah, so it's good stuff there. And uh, that's that's kind of been it for me. I mean, I'm kind of on a stasis right now because uh, I don't really want to spend any money. Uh, to be honest, uh, uh. not sh- not sure what uh, what things are going to happen in the future. So I'm just kind of holding off on uh, you know making any major purchases. Yeah, with one that I'm going to mention right now because I, yeah, a couple of what I did because uh, well, one was of necessity and one was well, if I don't do it now, it's probably going to end up being too late to do it. So uh, yeah, I talked about it on Facebook where I ordered an SSD for my uh, PS4 because my drive kind of is not really working very well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it will. Every every few times that I start my PS4, uh, it will start normally. Uh, but most of the time, when I try to start it, it will take like five minutes to boot. Mm, that's not good. No, that's usually not a good sign. That is the nope. opposite of good. Yeah. Yeah. So I managed to get it to one of the times where it actually booted normally, and I hooked up an external drive and I did a backup, and yeah, now I'm waiting for the drive to show up, and I'm going to replace that. And hopefully, that'll. Uh, Get things up and running back to normal. Yeah, for anybody wondering, I got a Samsung SSD. It's a, a 860 QVO, pretty uh, pretty inexpensive for the for the amount of space that you're getting. So nice. Uh, put that there. <clears throat> and the other purchase that was just because I wanted to was, well, the uh, classic, the physical edition of Streets of Rage Four. Nice. Yeah. And we might get a review code for that. I don't know, but that's kind of one of those things that I want to have and not open. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Just keep it, keep for the collection. So wait, uh, the pre-order went already went up. What's that? Yeah. Oh god damn it! I totally missed it. Oh well. Oh, it's still open. You can still get them. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're not unit limiting it. They're time limiting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll so, check that out. Yeah, so go over there now and uh, grab it. Shipping, uh, well, if you're in the U.S., shipping's probably not going to be too bad. For me, it was kind of ridiculous. So that's a bit of it. That's it for me. What about you, Pat? Rocksmith. Mm. I still suck. (laughs) I suck. You'll get better. a little less than, well, when I started, and I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's been about it for me. Trust me, just stick with it. You'll get better. That's the plan. Yep. Um, And like I said... Remember to use those games in the arcade because that oh, yes. shit definitely helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, uh, I have been playing uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the remake um, that came out a couple years ago. Uh, I have, because uh, for those of you who don't know, um, on PSN, the three games that they gave out last 
uh, month. One of them was uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake, and I just got it on the tail end of last month. Um, and I am currently only one more Colossus away. Uh, the final one. The giant tower, dude. Um, and kind of dreading it because I have been told that that is a very frustrating fight. Um, he has like, I think it's like five different weak spots you got to go to. And he's got like these fireballs he throws that are like home homing missiles. Like he always knows where you are at all times. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, uh, I've been going back to Doom Eternal, trying to get all the stuff I got uh, earlier. You know, the, uh, trying to miss, get all the stuff I missed, all the collectibles, all the toys, all the albums, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, not having any problem going back and using the cheat codes for that one, because, man, that game gets insanely fun when you suddenly don't have to worry about um, constantly dying all the time. Yeah, um, but you have to earn your cheat codes, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, you have to hunt them down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I've been playing some American Truck Simulator. Uh, that's what I streamed yesterday. Uh, after getting the uh, the remaining states I didn't have yet that were on sale. Uh, the game itself is on sale for 5 bucks, and the states are uh, on sale for pretty good deals uh, to go with that. So now I have uh, a good chunk of the West Coast now. It's Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. So uh, for the stream, essentially started in my home base in Phoenix, uh, I wanted to go through Utah up to Washington to kind of check out the lay of the land for that stuff. Uh, went from Phoenix to, I think it was St. George, Utah, uh, the very That's south. That's a pretty and, short run. Yeah. Mm. Uh, though for whatever reason, it had me go through Las Vegas for that, which was uh, a bit weird of a drive. I might have had some No, I can understand it. Yeah, it had some... So you can set waypoints if you want to go specific directions to have it like reroute your GPS or that stuff. So I might have had that on there for some reason accidentally, but uh, whatever, it worked out well. Then I went from there up to Salt Lake City, uh, then from there to Salem, Oregon, and from there to Seattle, which the highways going up to Seattle is kind of crazy because they have uh, essentially like double-decker highways. That are layered on top of each other. Uh, both going the same direction, but uh, just going, you know, a lot of those kind of crazy on ramps, off ramps that are uh, going all over the place. And it's like, oh, we're on this highway that's on top of another highway. Like it's over, going up over whatever water uh, uh, place that we're going towards Seattle. But it was a pretty cool drive going through there took about three and a half hours for the, the whole stream to get there, uh, which going from Salt Lake City to Oregon, or 
Salem, Oregon was the the longest by far. It was like about 780 miles. Uh, but Port, uh, Oregon to, to Seattle was pretty short. So uh, that was a pretty cool uh, stream to do. Uh, got about a bunch of stuff done there. But uh, yeah, that game's uh, it's a lot of fun and worth, worth checking out for five bucks, at least for the base uh, set of states, which I think is California, Nevada, and Arizona. And uh, played some more Rocket League, uh, just working on the, the new challenges this week. And uh, some of the ones from last week. And I love playing that game when there are people that have... I just want to forfeit as soon as we start looking like we're going to lose. Uh, because you can tell who it is, because as soon as the game ends, they're the first one to quit out. If the other people don't want to quit with them. Uh, it's just a, a fun thing that was happening when I was playing some uh, drop shot matches for some challenges uh, where we're getting matched up. There was didn't seem like there was too many people playing it, so I get get matched up with the same couple people. And uh, for the reason, we just we constantly get our butts stomped. And so I'm going to try to forfeit, try to initiate a forfeit, and uh, none of the other two would have it. So that was a <laughs> Fun little scenario there. Um, playing some more uh, Animal Animal Crossing uh, with the Bunny Day event going on, which is just kind of makes everything a little bit more annoying because uh, you get like half your fish you catch or eggs. Uh, they got like different kinds of eggs for the different ways you can get stuff. So like out of the out of the rivers, uh, coming through balloons uh, from the sky, out of trees. Uh, rocks, dig them out of the ground, and I forget what else there is. Might be from actually harvesting wood out of trees, that kind of thing. So uh, I think once you get to a certain point, it gives you a recipe uh, for building some special Easter-themed item, that kind of stuff. Uh, but just gathering enough of those things for the for the ones that are a bit harder to get, that is kind of the tedious part of it. But uh, along with that, I've been... Uh, reorganizing all my fruit trees and had some weird moments where it would not let me plant any more fruit. But I think it was because I was, uh, for whatever reason, just not uh, angling my my villager the right way. I was just refusing to let me plant it. Just being very picky about that stuff. That was just kind of annoying. But uh, for the most part... Clear for a wall for water. Uh, these are just out in the field. I don't know what the issue was. I might have just been my villager was just angled just the wrong way. It wouldn't give me the plant option yeah. uh, for whatever reason. It was just being weird. Yeah, I was doing that too. Uh, yeah, it was just being weird. But uh, yeah, I got my turnips. And the only thing with turnips is you can't store them in your house. You have to just drop them on the ground if you don't want to carry them around all week. Uh unlike every other fruit and uh, resource you can collect. So that's just like, there's a lot of weird stuff in that game, which just, you could have done this a little bit better, maybe made some weird changes, but maybe they'll do that here in the, the first couple months. Once they get feedback in there and uh, played some more doom eternal, actually finished the first level. Uh, got past that annoying underground part mm. uh, with the, uh, like, big shots that just constantly hitting you uh, yeah. while they throw in like the Arachnotron and some of these other big enemies mm. uh, just 
caused me to just uh, get very annoyed early on, but eventually got through that by just kind of going slower, which is a very undoom way to play it, uh, these games. Uh, but I just end up kind of take care of the zombies and then trying to kite out one or two of the big enemies uh, for that. But eventually got to the end, had most of the most of the collectibles. But from what I've heard, they, they kind of make getting the collectibles very annoying. Because uh, I think if you go back to a stage, you can't uh, fast travel around. You have to redo the mission, essentially, for that level. Uh, before you can even have the shot of getting those uh, items you missed. So it's definitely a weird thing they did there uh, for that, especially because they don't introduce the fast travel at least until like the very end of the level. Mm. Uh, for that first level, it's just like, oh, here's the thing where you go into the cutscene. It's like, oh, you got fast travel now. It's like, okay, I guess. I don't know how easy it'll be to get back there, but I ended up just saying screw it. It was like one item, one or two items I missed. So I was like, eh, whatever. But uh, yeah, pretty good. Definitely going to put some more time into it now that I'm starting to get uh, the abilities and such. I have the the grenade now, so I got more tools for taking out enemies than you do early on. Yeah. Uh, So that's where I hope it's going to get much better. Uh, But that's been pretty much it. How about you, Dan Reb? Yeah, for me, it's been more and more Animal Crossing. And, um, yeah, this game's been out for a little bit more than two weeks now, and I've enjoyed pretty much all of it. And uh, now they've come up with Bunny Day, which started a few days ago on April 1st, and like Chris said, it's made the game more annoying. So almost everything you do in Animal Crossing to be productive is getting fucked up by this whole Bunny Day thing. Aside from the fact that the bunny around is super annoying, everything will do, you do will net you an egg. So as Chris said, you fish, you'll probably get eggs. You probably will get eggs first. Uh, you shoot balloons from the air, that'll drop, they'll drop, that'll drop an egg. You try to dig up money or fossils, you'll get an egg. Um, and yeah, like the eggs don't sell for all that much either. And all you really do with the eggs is make special bunny day um, furniture that all look terrible. They're yeah. at, least the, at least the balloons are colored differently. Yeah, they have special so look you, to them, so you know, like at least, oh, I sh- I can give skip this one or not. Yeah, like you you can avoid the balloons. So it's gotten to the part where I have so many egg resources, I might as well just make everything. So I've pretty much made almost everything there was. All that's left are these uh, earth egg outfits. And the funny thing about earth egg outfits is that they require earth eggs, which require you to dig them out of the ground. And there aren't that many dig spots to begin with. You get a few a day. And that's about it. So there's actually some rarity there, and I actually enjoy finding those. But as far as fishing and things like that, it's become totally unenjoyable to the point where I decided to buy Persona 5 Royal. But, you know, be- before I get there, I want to say that prior to this, uh, Animal Crossing was out for 12 days. And this Bunny Day event lasts 12 days. So it's like, wow, you're making me uh, go through hell um, for the same amount of days as I enjoyed the game. And that's that's just a bad thing to do so uh the, the cool thing is that nintendo has done quite a bit of patches i don't know if anything actually addressed the events but hopefully the feedback which i've seen is mostly negative um affects them somehow so i hope the future events don't become this annoying and uh stuff like that anyway yeah with the persona 5 royal i got it from targets buy to get one free sale 
Um, but it was kind of annoying because a lot of the games I wanted were spread out through different targets, and I wanted Persona 5 now, not Tuesday, because that'll give me less days to play it coming up to uh, Final Fantasy. And, um, yeah, I ended up going to two targets to uh, get pretty much what I wanted. I ordered Persona 5 Royal, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, and Catherine Full-Bodied. And, uh, yeah, Catherine's going to be shipped while I got um, Kakarot, like, pretty much three miles away and then uh persona a few miles a few miles after that and um my first world problems were tingling because i really wanted the steel book and all indications showed that i would not be getting it and then when i picked it up it was a steel book and it was the last copy there so i was like okay that's a win i'll go ahead and take that <laughs> i'll take it and the, the, the steel book is actually one of the best ones I've ever had. Um, it's not only a still book, it, it comes with a slipcover. And the way they packaged it is the back was the front. So it's kind of like um, manga where, you know, you got to read it from the right to the left. So, but it's interesting because when you put the still book back in the slipcover, it looks good either way. So I really like the design. And yeah, um, starting up Persona 5 again, uh, the thing I always have to call out, aside from its style, is just the music. You know, that acid jazz is just so damn yes. good. Like, it was a big oh. reminder as, as to like why I love the first game so much in the first place. And it has a new intro and all that. And um, when I first like started reading preview content for the game, I was like, they really didn't add all that much. Who who knows like how much one character can add? But so far, <laughs> she's, been, she's been introduced... Uh, like early on in the game that sort of like sort of changes the beginning and then like in these little uh parts in between like you you'll also come up come up on her uh, but nothing crazy yet but she did show up earlier than i thought she was and i'm wondering how that'll um change things change things later like i've heard that she really comes up towards the latter half of the game and adds like 20 hours of content so i'm looking forward to that but the hard part will actually be getting there because uh my first playthrough or my only playthrough uh, clocked in at exactly 100 hours. So if she adds 20 hours to that, I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> but, hey, Persona's great, um, and everything about it that made it good last time is still there, and I'm really enjoying it, so that's about it. All right. Uh, so let's get on to uh, the rest of the show, and uh, we'll start with the new releases for this week. Well, the only major one is Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's coming out Friday. Yep. Uh Unless you were one of the lucky ones who happened to, uh, you know, find a copy physically in stores, because apparently some places did have copies early. Uh, yeah, not much to, to say there. Uh, if you're other buying, than the demo is awesome, yeah, and if the awesome. demo is any indication, then the rest of the mm. game will be awesome. Mm. And if you're buying it digitally, well, it's preloading now, so yep. get on that. It'll be uh, ready for you on Friday. Uh, along with that, we got some free games. Uh, PS mm-hmm. Plus and Games with Gold. We didn't mention them last week, but we might as well go ahead and go through them now. Uh, so we got on PlayStation Plus, Chris. Yeah, we got uh, Uncharted 4, Thief's End. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, complete your Uncharted collection from PS Plus. Yeah. Uh, with that, and there's also Dirt Rally 2.0. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so if you need the uh, some a racing game that'll kick your ass, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like that'll be a good one there. Uh, if it's anything like the uh, original. And, uh, yeah, you still got time to get your March ones if you did not. Uh, that'll, those will go down on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, just Shadow of the Colossus and Sonic Forces. 
Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dirt Rally uh, 2.0, I think, has a pretty good VR component. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not on console. Not on a console? Yeah. No. Nope. They have not done that yet. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for gold, games of gold. Uh, let's see, available right now is Project Cars 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get another very sim-heavy racing game. Uh, and on Xbox 360, it's Fable Anniversary. Uh, so you can oh, play the original Xbox. Fable game and see if uh, this Xbox 360 remake they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to see if you like the original, uh, you can do that. And kick chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watch that tree grow. <laughs> uh, but also for, let's see, Xbox One, there's... On the uh, 16th is Knights, Pen and Paper, uh, the bundle that has both of them, first and second game, uh, which are some really cool RPGs that are kind of uh, based on D&D type adventures, but you are just playing as a, uh, it's kind of like the backdrop is like the RPG itself, Mm -hmm. but you see your characters, your, uh, your players sort of hanging out on the table and doing their thing. So you have to do the the rolling for initiative and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Pretty cool game for people that are into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for 360 on the 16th is Toy Box uh, Turbos. Toy Box Turbos. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, uh, I suppose, to be like a tiny car racing game. Which is, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how good that one is. Yeah, it's like Micro Machines. Came out. It's, uh, it's Codemasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, very positive on Steam. Yeah. At least. Probably pretty decent. It's pretty good game. I mean, Codemasters, they're... Well, they have some some really good games, and they have some thinkers, and, well, Toolbox Studios is not... uh, It's kind of... It's good. Yeah, it's it's one of the games. So, actually a pretty decent month for both both systems. Yep, pretty much. Mm. So, yeah, that's... Get on there. <clears throat> Next up, uh, Nisa America. Well, Nisa, the A stands for America. Yeah. Uh, decided to uh, announce the, that Trails of Cold Steel 4 is coming to the West. And they did it it's on fall. April 1st. Yeah. It was not an April Fool's joke, though. It no. was 100% <clears throat> sincere. It was an announcement. What? <laughs> <laughs> It one day, but I guess they had to choose that day to win us again. Yeah. No, I just want to take a moment to point out that um, way back when uh, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door was announced on April first. So, yeah. mm-hmm. still thought that was uh, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. Well, some people uh, thought that was a joke after it came out, so that's not. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it'll be out on PS4 first and Switch and PC later. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be PS4. It's going to be out in the fall. Yeah, um, which basically can mean anything from like October to freaking yeah. December. Yeah. I mean, September to November technically, if you, if, if they want to yeah. stick with that. But and then uh, the the PC and Switch versions are like spring 2021. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they have said what, they would have the same translators or voice actors, but a lot of the voice actors actually retweeted their stuff, so I'm assuming that's something. Yeah, yeah, yes. probably the same, mostly the same staff. So. 
I mean, I got I got to hand it to them though. Um, we're not having to wait as long in between installments like we used to. So yeah, it's making me wonder yeah. what the fuck is going on over at Exceed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we haven't had to wait that long with any of them to be to begin with. It's just that we just never knew when they'd be announced, mm-hmm. and then once they were announced, it changed the thing. Yeah. Um, my annoyances are not really an annoyance, but. Um, the Switch version and PC versions are coming out next year, and oh. I would much rather play this game on Switch. So, yeah, like it, it, it does it does suck because you know uh, Switch owners if they've never been introduced to the series, they'll have to start with three, or you know, um, as far as their reasons they could go. But that's a terrible um, jumping on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really a bad jumping on point. Not to mention, like you know, you have the other games in the series there and. With three and four in particular, these came out after the crossball game, so we still don't know whether we're going to get those. But you know, here's the hoping. Yeah, pretty sure. We're yeah. Gonna... yeah. I'm starting to think with Nissan on the case. It's a, it's a matter of course. Yeah. Just a matter yeah. of when. Yeah. yeah. Division. They got a hundred dollar limited edition too. They announced with this. Hmm. Uh, get you a collector's box, uh, official is. soundtrack. See official art book. That is a good soundtrack too. Yeah, steelbook, mm-hmm. uh, daybreak cloth poster, and seven art cards. Mm. Okay. Also, they have a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle you can buy too, twenty five bucks. Mm. If you mm-hmm. want your arts in puzzle form, yeah, which mm-hmm. seems to be getting popularity again, uh, the art of puzzles. Yeah, uh-huh. because people don't have anything better to do. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, next up, we got. Uh, let's see. You know, Platinum apparently still has uh, a fourth announcement because their fourth one was a April Fool's gag. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the companies that also got a lot of shit <laughs> because uh-huh. of that yeah. announcement. Yeah, they teased this Platinum for uh, a few months ago. And stringing people along, you know, making some announcements. Most of them pretty good. And then this one comes along, and they're like, ah, it's a joke. And people are not happy. Yeah. Like, you wasted our time for this long for this stupid joke. Then they revealed, yeah, we still got something else to announce. Hmm. Uh, not sure if they well, put a date on it. Everyone can unclench. Yeah, which they're calling the bonus stage <laughs> announcement. Uh. Boy. Yeah, they did a good job reading the room. <laughs> and by good job, you mean not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Completely so, shit the bed there. Yep. So we'll see what that whole bonus stage ends up being, but uh, it'll probably be something pretty decent as far as platinum goes. Mm-hmm. They got money. They got the money now. So. Oh yeah. Boy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, next story here. Uh, after 383 weeks, uh, DLC for Rocksmith is coming to an end. Uh, Ubisoft San Francisco is starting work on another project, so they're not going to be uh, doing more song charts for uh, Rocksmith. Mm-hmm. Well, they say the secret of comedy is timing. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, now, this probably would have been... Uh, a bigger deal if they didn't have like a thousand five hundred songs on there already. 
Yeah. Uh, and if a giant library of custom DLC over on the PC. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, they're they're more than happy to let the community just figure it out because uh, a lot of those customs that I've seen are uh, pretty damn good. Yep. And uh, yeah, I noticed that some of them, I, some of them actually went to the effort of. Uh, of actually playing the individual instruments tracks themselves so that, uh, you know, you're not hearing just the, the studio mix. Yeah. You actually got a proper mix. So yeah, some dedicated folks in the, the rocksmith community there. So yes, there are. Yeah. What, which platform did you end up getting by the way? Pat? Um, for right now, I've just got it on the PS4 cause it was 20 bucks and, um, I just wanted to get started with the tutorial shit, but hmm. I will be coming over to PC eventually. Okay. All right, so we'll move on to the uh, next announcement for PS4. We got uh, John Wick Hex coming May 5th. Yep. Y'all. That'd be uh, yeah, cool to see. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. yeah. If you want to plan out your uh, murder sprees, um, this is the game for you. Yep. So. Yeah, one of the more <laughs> ambitious games out of Mike Bithell's team. Yeah, uh, especially coming in with the, uh, one of the bigger movie lights licenses around. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, fun to see how this uh, uh, turns out. We'll see about putting a code for a code on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's out on PC already. It's on the the Epic Game Store. I'm not sure if it ever ended up on Steam. I don't think so. Um, not yet, at least. Yeah, I think, people did that. like it. Yeah, we'll see. How Anytime he hits his microphone, it sounds like he's smacking someone in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is weird because it's his laptop microphone. And that's like you know over there. So, anyways, uh, so another announcement here: Rogue Legacy Two has finally been announced. Um, a lot of yep. people were wondering whether or not they were going to do a sequel to this one, but yep, yep they uh, they teased it on April's April first and said no, this is uh, real on the second. Yeah. Uh, with their tweet basically saying, yes, it's official. Rogue Legacy 2 is in development. We're releasing a lot more info in the coming days. And uh, Oh, that's a fucking option select response. Make the <laughs> announcement on April 1st of... and then decide whether to go ahead with it on the 2nd, depending <laughs> on how people respond. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were teasing it the, on the 1st. Mm. Yeah. Uh, made the full announcement, put out some screenshots that look really nice. There's already a Steam page for it. Uh, saying it'll be out this summer. I assume it'll be coming out to a bunch of consoles as well. Yeah. I mean, the first uh, one came out on everything, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the Steam page seems to mention pretty much all the same kind of stuff. Uh, procedurally generated adventure, gene- genealogical roguelite, uh, build up your manor. Like one of the uh, the features here is universal healthcare. <laughs> uh, every child is unique. Some might have seen this synesthesia others might be a pacifist some could just be a little chubby the powers of socialism traits which have more debilitating effects on gameplay now give gold bonuses uh, so they're playing around with that stuff hmm. That's uh, yeah different classes the castle permanence where you're, once you beat a boss you don't have to beat it again hmm. uh, the runes and they say got more secrets in store but they're not revealing them right now so yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be uh, pretty cool to see yeah yeah, first one was really good, so you know, everybody's got high hopes yep. for this. Uh, news from Epic. Uh, they've announced a new publishing deal, so Epic, Epic is now a publisher. 
And they've got three devs on board. Yep, they've got uh, Remedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Playdead, makers mm-hmm. of Inside and Limbo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gen Design, which is Fumito Ueda's uh, team. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a start. Mm-hmm. And they announced, in like their typical fashion, they're pretty open about the details of this. Uh, they say full creative freedom and ownership, so developers retain 100% of all intellectual property, full creative control of their work, uh, fully funded projects. Epic Games Publishing cover up to 100% of development costs from developer salaries to go to market expenses such as QA, localization, marketing, and all publishing costs. And uh, 50-50 profit sharing. Developers earn a fair share of their, for their work. Once costs are recouped, developers earn at least 50% of all profits after that. And it's multi-platform deals, so they're not making them exclusive to at least uh, PC. Mm. Uh, so these will probably all come to consoles. They just put some pretty big publishers on blast. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <And> Steam, <laughs> for that matter. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and- so no new... No new details on what those specific projects are, but knowing those teams, you can definitely guess what yeah. sort of stuff they're working on. Yeah. Plus, they also like just outright own Psionics now, so I don't know what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Hmm. So well, far, they're, they're just working on Rocket League. Going. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually the the championship series uh, for season eight is on ESPN two tonight. Hmm. Uh, which is showing you how much ESPN's desperate for sports content. <laughs> well, I just think it's <laughs> funny because e-sport. you had all these people complaining about esports on ESPN, yeah. and now yeah. esports are the only sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. Suck yeah it got, <laughs> We got the NBA's has a tournament going on with the NBA players mm. playing 2K. I think NASCAR is using iRacing to <laughs> do their events. Yeah, uh, I think. F1's doing it through F1 2019, which people are like, it's not really made for that. Nope. Uh, kind of thing. And yeah, that's uh, some fun stuff the the leagues are using their games for. Yeah. To do some cool stuff. Mm. So, uh, all right. Next, we got uh, the ESA announced uh, 2021 for their uh, reimagining of E3, and they, they set the dates for that. And they're calling it a reimagining, huh? Uh huh. Yep. And. It's kind of presumptuous to announce the dates for this when they don't have E3 2020 uh, set in stone yet. Yeah. For whatever they're doing, the digital. Uh, unless they've unless they've safeguarded it. <laughs> well, 2021 is like they're saying June, second week of June for uh, for this. So, yeah, I mean, one would hope that that's far enough out that um, the coronavirus wouldn't be as huge of an issue anymore. Well, I'm yeah. thinking that they're planning it in such a way that it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they should have done since 2016 or 2006. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, let's see, they, I know there was some info coming out uh, a little bit ago earlier this week. I was like, oh, they had some plans, potential plans fall through, like getting Good Morning America and on helping them with this. Uh, along with uh, some other ideas, uh, that's, and that's not a bug; that's a feature. And <laughs> seems like those all fell through. So uh, we did see that IGN uh, announced they were holding a summer of gaming event in uh, early June, yeah. which has like Square Enix, Bandai Namco, 2K Games, and Sega on board for that mm. to announce some stuff. Which seems like 
if ESA wanted to do this, uh, probably could have. Yeah. But they let IGN swoop in and take at least those publishers. Yeah. I think Bethesda said they're not doing any sort of digital stream event mm. uh, for around that time, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, the other big publishers and uh, platform holders that are still finalizing what their details are yeah. for that stuff. Yeah, we'll see. It seems like we're going to have some kind of uh, major gaming time uh, this summer, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it just might not be may not be E3. called E three, but <laughs> something is happening. Yeah. Hmm. So the news cycle will be well fed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Uh, in other words, if you want to help uh, fight the COVID nineteen uh, epidemic, and you're stuck at home and you want something to play. Uh, Humble has a pretty massive uh, game and ebook bundle that you can pick up. Yep, it's called the Conquer COVID nineteen bundle. The uh, money is going towards I think four different charities, uh, and you can do your usual uh, setting it for which ones: uh, Direct Relief, International Rescue Committee, Doctors Without Borders, and Partners in Health. Mm. Uh, but the games you get, uh, there's quite a bit here. Uh, Into the Breach, Undertale, Hollow Knights, There's the Witness, uh, Totally Accurate Battle Simulators, Super Hot, uh, Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy Remastered, Lego Batman 3, Killing Floor 2, Sniper Elite 3, like two of the Jackbox games, mm-hmm. Party Packs, uh, at least the one. I thought I saw the second one on here, but uh, yeah, there's Tropical Four, Party Hard, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, Worms Revolution, Brutal Legend. You can get the Double Fine Adventure uh, bundle documentary thing. Mm. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. Yeah, Super Hexagon and VVV, VVV. Mm. Uh, Magica. Uh, what else is here? There's Stealthing 2. Uh, as well as a bunch of uh, ebooks for, let's see, there's like a Starfinder book. I assume that's like a D&D spinoff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of books here, like some manga too, like Fairy Tale. Uh, there's Army of Darkness one-shots uh, book, uh, Red Sonia, Saga, Spawn, uh, and a bunch of just general books and Nonfiction stuff as well, crosswords yeah. uh, stuff here, and uh, Music Maker EDM Edition. I'm not sure what that is. Must be an app. Yeah, it's a software hmm. for uh, making music. Yeah. So yeah, thirty bucks you get all of this stuff. Like there's only one thing here that seems like it's limited. Zombotron mm. says thirty three thousand more codes to go, but that seems like it's uh, going to last a while still. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how many they've and... sold yet. There's okay. also um, fairy tale in the mix there, in case this is a very prolonged issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's long enough. Uh, yeah, it's a nice, nice bundle. If I didn't have most of those games already, it probably would. Oh yeah, there's more, also yeah. you get uh, a month free for Humble Choice, their mm-hmm. subscription service. Okay. Uh, for new subscribers. Well, 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 I assume you can probably just create a second account and keep doing for it for that if you. Yeah, for one month. <laughs> well, if you already been a subscriber, you don't get to use it, so mm-hmm. you might 
just be able to use it uh, on an alt account to yeah. get the codes for this month or next month or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and make use of it then. Mm. So. Uh, yeah. 30 bucks. They've already raised 5 million bucks uh, with this. Yep. I know Rami Ismail had a big bundle on H.io that was for sort of helping the devs that were going to be going to GDC, having to deal with uh, lost costs for you know hotels and travel and stuff that couldn't get refunded. Yeah. Uh, help help them out. So they, I don't know that that yeah, is still. Yeah, I bet they really took it in the pants. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh... Another news, uh, Wizards of the Coast is renaming the Magic the Gathering card because of coronavirus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the card in question. Well, there's um, there's a lot to unpack here, and it really ties into the entire concept of the new set that's coming out, mm-hmm. which is kaiju-themed. And they, um, they manage this big cross-promotion... Um, with Toho, where they were making variant... Um, editions of the basically the main creature cards in the set mm-hmm. based on Godzilla properties. And so I just wanted to preface with that. Um, but, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, the, the, the name of the card in question, it was uh, Death Corona. Uh, yeah, for Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. So, named for one of his attacks. Yeah. I'm, you know, it... To me, this just kind of seems like, what are you going to rename it to? I'm wondering. Mm. Well, I mean, it, they could just call it Mecha Godzilla and yeah. be done with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, to me, it just seems a little... Mm, like, I, I know we're in the middle of a global pandemic and uh, people are very sensitive about uh, uh, everything. Um, but I, th- I feel like this is kind of a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I personally think it shouldn't have shouldn't have bothered. You know, to me, it's like uh, the whole issue of uh, uh, like you know blurring out the uh, Confederate war flag on the top on the roof of the General Lee when you watch it on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. like, you know that Bo and Luke Duke weren't racists. They're they're not racist. They're just idiots. Yeah, you know, and it's like. It, to me, to me, doing that just draws more attention to it. So it's true. Yeah, but that's, that's my thinking on the matter anyway. So yeah, I, I suspect we're going to see more of this kind of thing, and you know, it'll be justified in some instances, and in instances like this, I kind of think maybe it's just a little bit you know, of an overreaction. Uh, so uh, before we get to our last topic, we've got our. Uh, penultimate topic which is everything is delayed yeah um yeah but you mean let's be honest we all saw that coming yeah yeah so i i linked off to uh gaming economy uh and because they they compiled everything into like one article of all the stuff that has been delayed or canceled as a result of uh covid19 i it is a shocking list Let's, let's let's not be beat around the bush. That is a lot of stuff being affected in the, in this yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's worth a read through. Uh, I'm not going to go over and uh, like uh, enumerate every single item because it's too damn long. <laughs> yeah, exhaustive. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, some key highlights is uh, the Last of Us Part Two has been delayed. 
uh, they don't know when. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the Iron Man VR is also delayed with that. Yeah. Um, Both were coming out in May, so yeah. Sony also went on like a record and said that Last of Us, for all thoughts and accounts, would have been ready. And it, to me, it, it just goes to show the importance of uh, how important um, physical releases are still. Like people mm-hmm. are saying, oh yeah, digital's taking over and whatnot. But if if there's anybody to not care, it would be Sony, and they still do. Mm. So yeah, um, they have said that. Uh, Apparently the game, yeah, the game is for all intents and purposes completely done. They just didn't want to give the digital buyers the huge exclusivity window over the people who wanted the physical copies. Or I'm guessing there's a really nice box set. Yeah, well that, and they also didn't. Well that, and they also are still kind of in the debugging phase right now. Yeah. Um, Mm. And if you know anything about Naughty Dog, it's that they are hardcore perfectionists oh, yeah. when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. So Also, they yeah. they don't have a workflow that's really uh, conducive to being able to uh, check right. work in from home. So that that may be something that in the future they work on. Uh, but oh, yeah. for now... This is going to change a lot of things. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it seems like this just comes down to... Uh, we're reaching the point where all the games that were had their physical copies produced before everything shut down. Uh, these games are going to later the ones that were like the next wave. Mm-hmm. That gets affected big time because usually it's like usually stuff here in North America is uh, produced in Mexico, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, around there, and I assume they are hunkering down for the time being. And anybody that wants to get uh, physical release in uh, North America, you know, it's going to have to wait till there's the all clear on that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which hopefully won't be too long. Yeah. I assume they're going to hope for a, a summer launch here uh, at the yeah. earliest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like we said, the game is done and they are debugging. Really, it looks like the only, literally the only barrier they got is the actual physical production. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, as uh, soon as that kicks back in, uh, yeah, I doubt it's going to be a long wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only bad part of this is just seeing the the comments where people are alleging like conspiracies and stuff like that. So it's like, God damn it! There's no shit going on here. Like it's to save face on PR, and it's like, what PR? They are delaying it. That's this game uh, didn't even be made, so I don't know what they're complaining about. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they could release it, they would. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine there's also like retail contracts that are also a big issue for this stuff. Yeah. As far as just going digital only at first, uh, because we saw oh, yeah, they would have they would have chapped some asses. Yeah, because we saw Doom release a day early, but only at retail. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, remake also got released a little bit early uh, in some areas uh, for uh, just to avoid the, the potential shipping issues. And digital still releasing on Friday on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like that's kind of the one uh, part of the chain that is refusing to let it go. Because they know that mm-hmm. like the majority of people get it digital for most of these big releases. And they don't want to encourage people to completely go away from retail, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this could be something that's in the future 
big publishers focus more on just going all digital mm. when they have to versus signing into these contracts that are very much limiting their ability to get out their mm. games on time. Mm. And they also have to like as far as as far as the physical editions goes there's there's the uh special editions that you know people want and you really do need to have like a disc or a cartridge in there because if you're just shipping a special edition and you have a download code in there uh that is a party foul no (laughs) people don't like that so also let's uh be honest here there's probably some optics involved here too Mm. uh you know we're living in a world where uh, we have a pandemic that's basically decimating the world's population, and yeah. I don't think Naughty Dog would necessarily like the idea of people trying to escape into a world wherein a pandemic has decimated the population. Yeah, I don't know that that's really much of an issue because RE3 just released. Hmm. That's a similar idea of this town being decimated by this virus, and the few remaining survivors are trying to... Uh, get out of the city before it's nuked. Hmm. If anything, that's the issue. Selling point for them. So yeah, um. and I think I've seen like the uh, Contagion and other various shows and movies that are based on uh, pandemics and mm. uh, plagues and that kind of stuff mm. have actually shot up in popularity yeah. as a result because people well, one people have more time yeah. uh, and people like to dig into morbid stuff when things are happening like that. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times I've uh, you know, seen people you know, watching Law and & Order and that kind of stuff over and over and over again, where it's a lot of the most awful subjects on there, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it's I don't think it's really the mm-hmm. specific content of the game that's the issue. It's just more of the, uh, the supply chain is not there yeah. for a big release like this. And the the only thing that benefits are indie developers. Yeah, they generally work in small teams, can work uh, remotely more easily, and they don't have to worry too much about physical releases. Usually, yeah. usually the physical releases for those tend to happen afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. So, and almost begrudgingly. Yeah. Well, yeah. if a game gets really popular, then they'll do it. But yeah, or if a game like you know Streets of Rage Four that they know is going to be popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the uh, what this uh, this wave looks like of games getting delayed, yeah. uh, especially the big ones that people are expecting over the next few months. Yeah, uh, as they start finishing up their games, getting their masters, and getting ready to print. Mm. Like, oh, we don't have any way to actually print this right now. Yeah, mm. I wonder if this maybe leads to a a wave of games that are like finished. When they release. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, um, apparently. That, that just they, happened. Yeah, that just happened. As uh, Bird is very mad about these delays. Yeah, so. Uh, so, a couple of more delays to talk about. Wasteland 3 is coming August 28th. Yep, I think it was supposed to come out in May 19th. Yep, so. It's so, right around the same time The Last of Us was, so yeah. Yeah. So if you're waiting for that uh, that sequel, um, well, you've got a little ways to go. And uh, Minecraft Dungeons, which was supposed to be releasing, I think, this month, has actually been pushed back to... Uh, yep. 
Yeah, they say here, we initially plan to release uh, Minecraft Dungeons by the end of April. However, due to the current state of the world, it's no longer possible as we wanted to guarantee the health and safety of our teams and empower them to deliver the best experience possible to you, our players. Uh, they hope that it'll be worth wait. And see so, yeah, how they announced their two editions, which is a standard $20 edition and a hero edition for 30 bucks. Hmm. Uh, the $30 edition includes a hero cape, two-player skins, a chicken pet, and the two DLC packs. Yeah. They got planned. It's like it's like Minecraft, but also Diablo. And yeah. Th- this looks just just ridiculous enough to work. Yeah, which leads to this weird FAQ here at the bottom that is uh, has to explain, I guess, to general Minecraft people what it is. Uh, it's like, is Minecraft Dungeons a Minecraft game? Minecraft Dungeons is a brand new standalone game set within the Minecraft universe with most of its blocky charm and challenges. You might not be able to place blocks or build a house made of cobblestone, but you're still very much an adventure exploring the overworld. Mm. Yeah. So I you're kind of getting there. Yeah. Hopefully people can understand what exactly it is. Yeah. Uh, and not be like buying it like, oh, there's a new Minecraft. Um, Wait, what the hell is this? Yeah. Looks like no matchmaking for online multiplayer. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's going to be friends only. And no cross-platform stuff yet, no. either. So, that's going to be... So, they'll have that later, but... Yep. But it'll be on Game Pass, so... Yeah. We'll definitely check it out. So we got a subscription. Be able to... And finally, our discussion topic of the week, and where we'll probably end it, is uh, whatever happened to cheat codes? It's like, it they found out a way to make people pay money for them? Yeah, exactly. They found a way to make people pay money for them. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I have to reminisce a little bit because, like, if you're of a certain age, you know, if I go and say ABBA, you know, I immediately know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure nobody here is actually old enough to know what that <laughs> is from. Abacab. Uh, Nope. Uh, AB, ABBA was the uh, continue code for Ikari Warriors on the NES. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember the blood code in Mortal Kombat for Epic Genesis was ABA, CABB. Yeah, so. there was also a second one, Dullard, uh, that you oh. did on the main menu. And that got you the debug menu. Yeah. Oh, as, okay. as with, uh, so you could do it either way. Just do the, the you know, Abacab code uh, at the... Uh, the uh, code screen or dullard on the main menu, and you, you end up with the same result. Just uh, dullard would give you more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was five pretty... one four up would get you infinite turbo and NFL blitz. I still have these in the back of my hand. Like, fuck. <laughs> and and that's that's the thing. Everybody rem- has the uh, this set of cheat codes that everybody remembers. You know, I pretty, yeah. I, I, well, everybody remembers the Konami code because that's one of the most B A B A up down B A left right B A start. Uh, you know, that was another. That was another one. I don't remember what that one was from. That was Turtles Arcade Game, Level Select, and 10 Lives. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, the Contra one of Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA. Everybody remembers that one. Yeah. I just realized, like, a lot of the codes memorized are from Midway games. Rest in peace. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you, you played most. So. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was that, you know. Uh, it's, it's just weird because uh, we've kind of gotten away from that. You know, we got... Yeah. Uh, and and there seems to be like a different mentality now where uh, you know if if you found a cheat code back in the day it's like yeah you figure you were cool you figured out how to get around the system uh, mm-hmm. and nowadays if it's if you're looking for cheat codes you're like a, you're like a filthy casual and 
you should just get good or get out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not okay with that at all. Yeah. Mm. Well, I also think it might just be uh, kind of the fact that maybe just the actual methods of game development have kind of changed, and those types of cheat codes probably aren't as easy to program into the game anymore. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at Doom Eternal, for instance, like where you have to go and find them. uh, Yeah. But they're there. Uh, Yeah. It's like... it's just a matter of you know figuring out another way to surface them. You know, uh, I don't see much difference in you know uh, a button combination in activating them than uh, you know finding an icon for them and then turning them on in the menu. It's it, it just seems like they're you know they're putting a skill gap uh, into actually being able to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um. Part of me also thinks maybe it has something to do with the fact that you mentioned earlier about the fact that a lot of these old cheat codes, you know, they kind of uh, used like password systems that spelled out actual words. Mm-hmm. But it seems that this whole trend kind of died once the words that people were putting into the passwords were using as passwords were a little off color. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by off color, I mean everything from like dirty sexual jokes to outright racism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eventually I think maybe it's just the, the optics just kind of killed the whole trend. Yeah. It's entirely possible. I also think achievements and, um, just the arrival of those kinds of inclusions in gaming have, had their role to play because, um, you know, there there were instances where you could put in cheat codes back in the infancy of, of achievements, but then it would turn achievements off, and that pissed people off too. Yeah. And so I, I don't think that they're incompatible, but something clearly came to a head. Yeah. You actually bring that up. Uh, in Doom Eternal... Um the uh, cheat codes don't actually hurt progression. However, they do uh, lock uh, certain parts of the game. Um, the uh, the Slayer gates that you occasionally come across. Usually, there's like I think like one or sometimes two per level. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything else will be open, and you can still get them, but those Slayer Gates, you will not be able to open them if you've got any cheat codes enacted. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and in order to like get the complete you know, challenges and everything on those individual levels, you also have to complete the Slayer Gate challenges. Yeah. So, you know, it'll still and help. I see you'll... what they did there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, um, the Slayer Gate challenges are like, uh, they're they're basically like expert modes, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it doesn't make much sense to have uh, to have you be able to to cheat through that because duh. So yeah. Mm. On the flip side, however, they have the uh, time the I guess you call them the time attack challenges that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what they're called, but um. If you remember in Doom 2016, you had those gore nests. They mm-hmm. kind of operate the same way, except you're on a timer. Yeah. 
Uh, and those are really easy to get through when you have infinite ammo and a BFG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not much kind of stands up to that, really. It's like, not everyone sees a bright light just before they die. You guys are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you had developers like EA um, charging you for them, which was uh, yeah. to figure out how to make money off of it. So that's that was great. Mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, in, in particular, it was really interesting that they kept charging you for them. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a one-time fee. So, But there's also, like, I think because – because uh, when we were younger and playing, we had also had things like Game Genie and Game Shark. Um, yeah. And those now, things still technically exist. They'll just get you banned from the entire platform network. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what I think almost kind of killed that part of the gaming industry. Because once gaming became a very online type thing... Um, Suddenly, there was a uh, zero tolerance for cheaters. Yep, hmm. that played a role in it for sure. Yeah. Also, the thing about some of those about the 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 game genies and the game sharks is if you weren't careful uh, with the codes, you could kind of break the whole game. Yeah, I, I'd seen instances of uh, game cartridges getting bricked. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it'll totally happen that's you're basically voiding your warranty if you're using one of those things yeah, yeah when i when i first got my copy or my uh, genesis um i got aladdin and i got a game genie i had no idea why we got a game genie we just did and then oh i can i can make these infinite apples and then once i did that i did all, all these other things and all of a sudden my game wouldn't work the same way anymore even without the game genie so i was like mm-hmm. maybe this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and that that's like remarkable, given the fact that the a, a cartridge is read only, and you can't actually write anything to it. So I don't know what I'm, the game GD did to it, yeah, but it got a short. I'm guessing something. it was electrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as of something right now, electrical in nature. Yeah. <laughs> so as of uh, also, it's like also, and it's important to point out that it came to a point where like there was sort of like an arms race between. The actual developers and publishers and the people who were creating these cheating devices because basically all of the major developers started with their consoles started trying to find ways to make it so they they would like make a like you know they would like gatekeep mm-hmm. a bit to try and make it so you couldn't get past and then these guys would come around and create like ways to bypass all of that. You know, like, uh, take the Game Genie, for example. Uh, first Game Genie, you know, for the Nintendo, um, I had to do was, like, if I remember correctly, it was like a... See, I never actually had a Game Genie for my Nintendo, for my for my NES. So, I'm pretty sure, like, by the time the Super Nintendo came around, they basically had to create a where where you could sort of... Because because the game genie for the SNES was a top loader, mm-hmm. um, and that was literally you basically had to break the gate on the SNES to actually get these codes to work. Hmm. Um, it's also how a lot of like unscrupulous that you know developers who tried to make games that weren't uh, actually 
developed by that weren't uh, licensed or given the official Nintendo seal of approval uh, would do to break the co- to break the gate. Yeah, well, there was you know, the most famous one was the Super Noah's Ark. Yeah, where you actually had to like load a load an actual like you had to like put the game into the cartridge and then there was like a little thing on the top and you had to like put a regular SNES cartridge on the top. Yeah, didn't matter what one, just just had yeah. to have something there. Also, uh, it tended to burn and smell like plastic. Mm-hmm. That's never a good sign. No. no. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the that's like the voltage thing that was uh, that Ryan talked about when we had him on the show. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a voltage yep. dispatch. Uh, you can end up basically burning out those uh, those EEPROMs. So yeah, so there's that. Yeah, but um, I would say the the two main things that really made uh, cheat codes like not a thing anymore would be one the advent of uh, competitive gaming becoming what it is now. And then the other thing being online gaming. Like, back in the day, like, like, like you guys said earlier, it was a lot cooler when, you know, you had to figure out what the codes were. And, you know, you have someone in your house, and then they're, they're, you're teaching them how to use that code, or you're just using it. So, you know, if, if you tried to do that while playing a game online, I'd be like, man, you motherfucker, you're cheating like hell. But, like, I would rather, like, be there with that person as he's cheating so I can, like, figure it out, and it becomes a cool way to do things that way. And then with there was with, definitely a community aspect to it back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it was a cool thing. But then, you know, I, I also go back to midway games where you know I, I'll tell you the NFL this code at the back of my hand. But there was also the tournament mode code where it would just disable all cheats. Mm. So, you know, I think that you know if uh, tournaments like you know the Madden tournament or Evo had like the same sort of tournament code, mm. it would uh, definitely be a way to bring things back. But you know. Like I said earlier, it's also a social thing. So, yeah, yeah. So on PC right now, there's a whole bunch of cheat software that's available, which will, you know, uh, get you where you want to go. Uh, there's there's trainers for Doom Eternal, which well, and a bunch of other games. Uh, mm-hmm. Cheat Engine is a thing that you can uh, experiment with. Uh, yeah. Uh, the trainer that I uh, downloaded for Doom Eternal, even though I don't have a game anymore, I just looked up the info file on the trainer. <coughs> it's like, yeah, this gives you a lot of options. And they they, they basically say, uh, yeah, if you mess with this a little bit too much, it could make your game crash. Uh, so, yeah, bear with that. <laughs> so there is, so there's a, there is a stability uh, aspect of it, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. But, and that's not going to be something that's gotten any better over time. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, especially when you got, like, layers of DRM and stuff on top of it. And you're, you're at the point now where uh, a game running on a computer at this point is uh, amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you introduce stuff like that, which uh, which is why I kind of think that, you know, for, for stuff like single player, uh, I think cheats and stuff should still be there. Uh, you shouldn't really have to have a problem with you know if, if somebody wants to like use a way to, to to cheat their way through a game to uh, you know for shame maybe enjoy their experience with a game um, they they should do that they should be able to do that you know, Nintendo got a whole lot of shit for uh, putting in what basically amounted to an invincibility mode for Star Fox uh, Zero uh, and for <laughs> Super Mario 3D Land yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it's like, well, people freaked out about that, and it's like, well, you know, you don't have to use it. 
dude. Yeah, it, people it, still it, freak out whenever people suggest like, oh, there should be like an easier mode for Dark Souls games, that kind of thing, and people freak the fuck out. Like, oh, it's no, it ruins the integrity of the experience, and it's like, so what? You don't have to use it. It'll be for people that want uh, an easier way to get into those games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like at least now we're starting to get a lot of games with accessibility. Yeah. At worst, I would say it misses the point of a Dark Souls game, but yeah. I'm not going to flip tables over it. No. Yeah. I mean, my, my, uh, if I were somebody at From Software and I was tasked with putting in an easy mode for Dark Souls, um, what I would do is label it easy mode, but actually ratchet up the difficulty five times and just... Oh, that's people. brilliant. Mm. I love it. <laughs> basically do their version of Team Ninja's what was it? I forget what was what do they call their easy mode? Uh, or they just gave you like a pink ribbon that around your character to say like, oh, you wanna play our game on easy, you're a girl. Basically. Yeah. You see that like that I don't I, I don't care for that kind of thing. Uh, because you know if it's it's very insulting to uh, to to people to do that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of games that will do it, and you, you look at them, and it's like, oh, haha, it's kind of funny. Uh, but when you like think of the deeper subtext to it, it's just flat out insulting. Uh, yeah, like there's the the it aesthetic with the uh, other uh, difficulty names. Yeah, hurt me, daddy, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, life too young to die, hurt me plenty, etc., etc. So yeah, it's. I mean, this is an issue that's never going to go away. Um, but as far as, you know, single-player games, I, I think these are things that should uh, make their ways back in. And, you know, I, I do like that Doom Eternal has them, but I'm not too thrilled with the aspect that um, you actually have to be able to play the game to a degree where you don't need them to be able to get them so you could use yeah. them. It's... yeah. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive to me, but yeah, I like games that have that sort of stuff. No, I think that's, like the, that's the point, that's, honestly. Yeah, Go like ahead. You, look, there have been some games that have like those kinds of uh, in-game cheats that are usually just based on collectibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much in the way that you have to like master the game, but more just you have to either collect like enough money, in-game money, or stuff like that to upgrade yourself, like Saints Row. Th- the third, like by the end of the game, usually if you're upgrading, you'll get to the point where you're invincible, you run out of no bullets, you know, you get uh, very little that can actually hurt you, and that actually just adds to the experience hmm. versus like ratcheting it up the challenge, which I guess you could just not buy those upgrades if you want. Yeah. Uh, but I think it just adds to the experience of that kind of game where it's like it just gets more crazy as you go, and this kind of adds to it. Hmm. Of just letting you be a, a juggernaut character that just runs everywhere with no worry about any actual challenge. Mm. There's definitely games like that that can actually benefit from that stuff a lot. Yeah, uh, especially a lot of a lot of games that are challenging but also offer accessibility options. Like, you know, we'll let you, you know, take no damage on this stuff, or you get unlimited jumps. Like Celeste does that, and like that game offers plenty of challenge. But if you want to. You know, if you're having trouble with it for, you know, physical or mental or just, uh, you're just want something that's easier. Yeah. Uh, you can 
enable that kind of stuff. And I think that's uh, where that kind of really comes into play, being a, a cool thing to do. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of want to want to shout out the Crash Bandicoot, the the Insane Trilogy, or hell, even the originals, um, because that, those games did something with with difficulty that uh, I don't know that many games, modern games, do. Uh, basically what they do is if you're struggling on a particular area um, there might be a, there might be a, a mask just sitting there the next time you go there uh, or, or it adds checkpoints yeah or maybe there's another checkpoint right there or maybe that one enemy that was getting you is moved a little bit to the left it, yeah it's very subtle things that in, for a lot of people wouldn't even notice, uh, but they're assists that you know it, it's they're out of the way and they're obtrus- they're inobtrusive, and I, th- I think that's really good game design. Yeah, and it's not like where like some action games will be like, oh, you're having some trouble here. Do you want to turn on easy mode? Hmm. Like, no, shut the fuck up, game. Yeah, I'm not here for that yeah, shit. It's got all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, we think you're struggling here. Do you need help? Should we call your mommy? <laughs> that kind of that kind of feeling of way some of those games do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or some games where if you enable easy mode, you basically like only get a quarter of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like in Metal Gear Solid uh, 5, where you try to do the easy mode and you have to wear a giant chicken hat. Mm-hmm. With googly eyes. That's going back... That's going back to the whole uh, Team Ninja thing with yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's not something that's that's going to go away, and people are going to continue to argue over it over the, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we really have a consensus here as far as the the staff goes, but uh, yeah, I, I'm for cheat codes. Not for cheat codes as far as online goes. I mean, if you're in a competitive environment. Yeah, uh, level the playing field. You know, uh, it's like I I don't need to compete in that in that arena. That's not a game that I'm going to be playing. But if I'm just going to be you know at home enjoying a single player game, yeah, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, I like the way that nice. some fighting games kind of push those people into new uh, blocks of matchmaking. Just like here's where all the assholes are at. <laughs> here's where the cheaters are at, and they can just enjoy their hellhole here. <laughs> Street Fighter Five does that. Well, it's not really cheaters so much as rage quitters that we do yeah. that too. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it's like yeah, you can't get a complete match because everybody rage quits. So yeah, uh, so I want to I want to circle back to the concept of the skill gap because or the skill barrier because I think that's kind of um, one of the things that stemmed out of the whole discussion of how do you modernize cheat codes and uh, with achievements and everything being on the table, I think um, maybe it's a little cynical, but some developers may have just come to the conclusion that, well, we can't give people cheats that will actually affect their um, affect their game experience, but we can do something that will let them circle back and experience the game in new ways after they've completed it. And that, I, I think that's just um, modern game design theory coming to bear. 
And, you know, I, I, I'm not in a p- position where I'll say that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do think that to at least some degree the um, the landscape that we've created with achievements, with online play, with competitive play has kind of necessitated something to that effect. Hmm. And um, I don't think it's something that... I don't think it's something that developers actively set out to do. Uh, when I, I don't think this was a goal of the industry long term. I think it's a byproduct of where the technology has taken us. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. Uh, at the same time, I, I think for somebody like uh, for somebody like me who would actually benefit from a lot of the a lot of these cheat codes being present. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of games that I can't just straight up yeah. play anymore. Uh, yeah, I, and that does be, suck. Yeah, I mean, I would be totally willing to give up achievements on a game uh, if it meant that I could actually see what the developers had put into it. Uh, and I, I think that's where the conversation needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's definitely an, an accessibility thing, and I, I probably should look a little bit more at Doom Eternal to see what they did, because... It seems to me like they do the accessibility stuff that they tend to do is more along the lines of colorblindness, and that's about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll have to check out Able Gamers because they got uh, they, they got a whole bunch of write ups on the, on this kind of topic. So yeah, shout them out. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll wrap it up there. Um, good show, everybody. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, nice of you to join me for the week. Uh, so, I'd like to remind everybody if you haven't uh, checked out uh, the podcast before and this is your first episode, well, welcome. Uh, be sure to subscribe at uh, anchor.fm slash Uh Hit the button and get the podcast delivered directly to your device. Uh, also, check out smashpad.com where we've got our written content and we got some stuff coming in the next few days. So, yeah, expect that to be uh, interesting. Yeah, Final Fantasy. I don't know how long the review for Final Fantasy Seven uh, Remake is going to take. I guess it depends on uh, how many hours Dad Reb is willing to sacrifice uh, of sleep. <laughs> so we'll, we will wait and see for that. Uh, so I feel like there needs to be a betting pool. Yeah. Yeah, either that or it's either me or him, and who ends up finishing it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see. So, uh, so with that, I have been Filippo Dernolfo, and for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Logie, and Dan Victoria, we'll see you next week.